discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Wow, are you having a nice time this Sunday morning? Wherever you may find yourself in the world. Wow, what a blessing. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful. Thank you for another glorious day. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who leads and guides us through your word. Thank you for having us to hear your word. You grant us wisdom, great insight, great understanding to your word. Thank you for your blessings. We give you glory, we give you praise. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you once again to our Sunday morning service. And I know that you're having a wonderful time already. We've had a wonderful praise time, a wonderful um, opening prayer as well. And I'm here to continue what I've been sharing with you all this while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have something very important to share with you this morning. The last time I stopped on uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want us to continue from there. He says, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to, the, to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, together to battle, the number of whom is as a sand of the sea. Verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, and the devil... That deceived them, verse 10 once again, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the false prophets are, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today we're going to talk about the White throne judgment, the great white throne judgment. It says, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But before we touch the white throne judgment, there are six judgments that are spoken of in the Bible. There are more than six. There are so many judgments, but then there are six main ones that are five that are connected to human beings, and then one that is connected to angels. And I want to take you through all of that. So you can have some kind of understanding concerning the judgment. And then we can talk about the white throne judgment, which is the last of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if it's a nice idea. Yes. 
So the first kind of judgment that is mentioned in the scriptures is the judgment of sin. The judgment of sin in this world. And we see it in John chapter 12, verse 31. John chapter 12, verse 31. You know, when Adam sinned, what Adam did was punishable by death. God told him that in the day that you shall partake of this fruit, you shall surely die. The rendering is, in dying you shall die. You shall die many kinds of deaths. You know, and when Adam took of it, he didn't die physically, but he died spiritually speaking. Spiritual death is absence of the life of God or absence of God. So he, he lost God. So that's why in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says that for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So sin needed to be judged. Sin needed to be, uh, he needed to get the just recompense or the just reward for his actions against God. God is the God of the universe. He's the judge of the universe. And because he's a judge, he gives out judgments when someone does something wrong. Apart from being a father to his children, that is to you and I, he's a judge of the universe. And he functions as a judge in different ways and in different forms and at different times. So because of what Adam did, he needed to be punished. You know, God had to be fair. Because when Lucifer sinned, when Lucifer went against God, he was punished by God. And Adam needed to be punished by God as well. Hallelujah. So judgment was going to be meted out to Adam. Now, in John chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus himself said something. In John 12, verse 31. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Jesus said, this is the time for the judgment of this world. What was the problem of the world? The problem of the world was sin. And he said, this is the time for the judgment that the world had committed through Adam. You know, Adam was the only one who did what he did. But we were all in the loins of Adam on the day he partook of the fruit he was not supposed to partake of. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 12. He says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, he says, And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All, not some. You see, let me read it once again. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, by just one man. Who was that one man? Adam. It says, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Death followed sin. And so death passed upon all men. Why? For that all have sinned. Verse 13. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Verse 14. Then it says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, or after the same error of Adam's transgression. They, they didn't do what Adam did. I don't remember your grandfather partaking, I don't know if you remember if your grandfather partook of the fruit of, the, of good and evil. I mean, he, he didn't even see it. <laughs> he says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Who is the one that was to come? That is Christ. He says, Adam was a type of the one who was to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we see um, the presence of sin in the world and how that God had to judge sin. So it's, Jesus said that now is the judgment of the world. Now is the judgment of the world. And guess what? The judgment of the world, the judgment of sin in the world was meted out in Christ. Christ paid the price for the judgment of sin in the world. Isn't that amazing? He paid. Christ paid. And I want to show you some scriptures in the Bible. Hallelujah. So as soon as you... You, for instance, in John chapter 1, let me show it to you. John chapter 1, verse 29. John chapter 1, verse 29. 
And he says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So Jesus came as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So the judgment of sin was meted out in him. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, look at it, Galatians 3, 13, it's nice. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So Jesus hung on the tree and was cursed on our behalf, was cursed on the behalf of humanity. So Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus' death and burial was uh, his payment for the, the sin of man. Sin was judged in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he was made sin, that is Jesus Christ. For Jesus was made sin, who knew no sin? You see? For he, he made him to be sin for us. Jesus was made to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was made sin for us. Who knew no sin? He was made sin for the whole world. Jesus didn't die for a select few. He died for everyone. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. For God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, not while we were good people. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus didn't die for Christians. Jesus died for the world. Go to verse 6 of this. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. It says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. In due time Christ died for the ungodly. So Jesus didn't die for the godly. He died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly of the ungodliness of this world. He died for the ungodly men of this world. He died for every single man who will ever be born by a woman. Can you imagine? So why is it that we still have wrong in the system? Because men have not accepted what he has done for them. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. There are so many scriptures that I can quote along this particular judgment. So sin needed to be judged. Sin needed to be judged. The soul that sinneth must die. That's what the Bible says. The soul that sinneth must die. The wages of sin is death. You see? So someone needed to die. Okay? Someone who did not have sin in him needed to die. And no human being born out of a man that had the seed of a man could stand as a sacrifice that was good enough for God to be appeased and for the judgment to be met. Nobody could satisfy. So Jesus is not the seed of man. He's the seed of God that was kept by Mary. So he's called the seed of the woman. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Romans 4 25. Let's read from verse 24 so that you see what he's talking about. It says, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Next verse. Then it says, Who was delivered for our offenses? He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He was delivered. He was handed over because of our offenses on account of the offenses of the world, on account of the offense that Adam committed. The Bible says, For if by one man's disobedience, Death reigned. That's in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Let's read that. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned, then it says, How much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Go to verse 15. Verse 15 is nice. 
It says, but not as the offense, so also is a free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, how much more the grace of God, the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. I don't know if you are seeing what we are reading. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. If the, by the offense of one person, many people died. For by one man's sin, death reigned upon all men. By Adam's sin, all men were made sinners. How were men made sinners? Because of one man called Adam. Because of his disobedience, all men were made sinners. Now, because of one man's obedience, all men are made righteous. Do you see? So, go to verse 19. Romans 5, 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Then it says, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Who is that one? That other one is Jesus Christ. So all of sin is judged in Christ Jesus. So in John chapter 5, verse 25, look at John 5, 25. Oh, it's nice. It's so nice. Because the judgment of sin, sin needed to be judged. Sin needed to be judged. <laughs> and it was judged in Jesus. As he hung on the cross, he was being judged by God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the eyes come, John 5, 25. And now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall, they, they that here shall live. Go to verse 24. Verse 24 is what I want you to see. I will mention that particular scripture, but let's go to 24 first. It says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heard my word, and believeth on him that sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. The word condemnation is actually the word for, for judgment. So we can read it this way. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. He shall not come into judgment. Why? Because he believes on him that sent me. And because he believes on him that sent me, he now has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. So immediately you believe the fact that judgment of sin was meted out in Christ or to Christ and you believe that God actually sent him and that he's the son of God and that on the third day he was raised from the dead, you are taken away from that judgment. You have missed that judgment because that judgment was meted out in Christ and you believe in Christ Jesus. People don't go to hell because of what they do or do not do. People go to hell because of what they are and because they have not accepted what Christ came to do on the cross of Calvary for them. Isn't it amazing? So in John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus said that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, not some, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, or should not be judged, or should not be destroyed, but should have everlasting life. The destiny of the human race was to be destroyed because of what one man called Adam did. But Jesus, God sent Jesus Christ to come and mitigate the situation, to be the judgment, to have judgment meted out to him so that all of us can be freed. Can you imagine? So he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn or to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Next verse. So Jesus is not condemning. Jesus is not here to judge you. ASB of that verse in verse 17. Go to verse 17. It says, For God 
sent not the Son into the world to judge the world. Do you see? But that the world through him, but that, but that the world should be saved through him. So he's here for salvation of men, not for the condemnation or the judgment of men. Because the judgment has taken place already in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's taking the punishment for everybody. He's been judged. Sin has been judged in him for everybody. Wow. Wow. Go to verse 18 in the King James. Then it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned or is not judged. What judgment is he talking about? The judgment of sin. He that believeth on him is not judged, but he that believeth not is judged already or is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Do you see why people are going to hell? People are going to hell not because of what they did or did not do. Not because they killed people or did whatever, but because they have not received and accepted the fact that the judgment of sin has been meted out in Christ already. Therefore, they will pay for their own judgment and they will pay for their own sin. Can you imagine? It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned or judged. But he that believeth not is judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19. Look at verse 19. He says, and this is the condemnation, or this is the judgment. <laughs> this is the judgment, too. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So people prefer their deeds. So even though they, they know, a lot of people know, they know the right way, but Charlie, 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 I'm not interested. I'm not interested. He says, and this is the judgment. This is the judgment. This is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Look at John chapter 16, verse 7. I don't know if you like my message. So this is the first judgment, the judgment of sin. And it has already happened in Christ. It has already happened in Christ. All you need to do now is to receive him and believe in him. Believe in the fact that this thing happened in him and receive him as your Lord and personal Savior. Receive him as your Lord. And that's the end of the story. You, are, you immediately pass from death. Do you remember what Jesus said in John 4, 24? Let's read it. It's nice. It's a very nice scripture. He, he, did, he didn't mince words. He didn't miss any word. He said it as assuredly as you can think of. John chapter 5, verse 24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Assuredly, assuredly, I say unto you. Of a truth of a truth, I say unto you. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. Wow. Wow. Do you believe in him? You are not going to be judged. You are not going to be judged. No form of judgment is for you. No form of judgment unto condemnation is for you. Because you believed in him. Amazing. So John chapter 16 verse 7. John 16 7. So this is the first kind of judgment. The judgment of what? Of sin. And it's already happened in Christ. For all of us. For all of humanity. That's why anybody can be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because the penalty for sin has been paid. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. Nobody could do it. No human being, no king, no president, no priest, no animal, no religious leader could do it. Only Jesus Christ, the Son of God, could do that. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 says that, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He loved us so much, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Who can do that? Have you done some before? No. Has your father done some before? No. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yeah. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's what he did. That's what he did. So sin has been judging him. Hallelujah. Go back to John chapter 16, verse 7. Do you like my message? He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 8. And when he is come, when the comforter is come, he will reprove the world of sin. Or he will convict the world of sin. And of righteousness. And of judgment. Verse 9. Then he says, of sin. He will convict the world of sin because they believe not on me. So he shows you categorically what the sin of this world is. The sin of this world is that they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Not because they did something wrong. It's because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. People are going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. That's all. Message version of this. Let's read the message version. Let's read from verse 7 all the way to verse 9. It says, so let me say it again. This truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he will expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Verse 9. He will show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. Their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. This is it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. Wow. So as soon as you believe in him, you are free. You are free. Because it has actually happened. Legally speaking, it has happened in Christ already. The judgment of sin has happened in Christ already. Now for it to become your experience, you need to believe. Like Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10 says, you believe in him. You believe that God raised him from the dead. You confess it for yourself and salvation is yours. Then you miss that judgment and you miss all dangerous judgments that can come after. Amazing. By simply believing, I don't know what you're waiting for. I honestly don't know what you're waiting for. It's time to give your life to Christ if you haven't. Okay? So, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says that there's therefore now no judgment or condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So long as you are in Christ, he says, he says that there's therefore now no judgment for you. There's no judgment for you. You have missed all the judgments that you can think about. You have missed all the dangerous judgments that you can think about because you believe in him. He says, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Wow. First wow. Peter chapter 3 verse 18. First Peter 3 18. It says, for Christ also has once suffered for sins. Then he says, the just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive or quickened by the Spirit. For Christ also has once suffered for sins. He has once suffered for sins. Then he says, the just for the unjust. He made a one-time sacrifice that was enough for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish we could go into details of this particular judgment. It's so powerful. It's so nice. Wow. Wow. So this is the first kind of judgment, and it's happened already in Christ. All you need to do is to believe. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. Let's read it. I didn't want to go into those ones, but let's read it. 
There's some in Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter, I mean, it's nice. It says, and every priest standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Verse 12. But this man, that is Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. After he had made one sacrifice, offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Brother, it is done. It is done in Christ. So if, if, you, don't, if you don't receive him as your Lord, what you are saying is that what he did is nonsense. It is nothing. It's, it's counting the blood of Christ an unworthy thing. It's useless. I can pay for myself. And nobody can pay for himself. Nobody's good enough to pay for himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second kind of judgment that is discussed in the Bible that is spoken about is the Bema Seed judgment. So when someone misses the judgment of sin, the next judgment that is for him is the Bema Seed judgment. Okay, that is all those who receive Christ as their Lord and personal Savior have a certain judgment that they are taken to called the Bema Seed judgment. And that Bema Seed judgment is for the purpose of rewards not for the purpose of putting them into the lake of fire or hell or whatever you can think about. It is for the purpose of rewards. Do you see? The Bema Seed judgment. So, if I receive Christ my Lord, the personal Savior, and I confess him as my Lord, believing that God raised him up from the dead, I become a child of God. The next thing that happens to me, the next kind of judgment I can come into or I come into is a judgment for my rewards, for living a life the life that he has called me to live, and working for him. So on that day, he'll be saying thank you to us. That is the judgment, just to say thank you for what you did for him on earth. Not to take you to hell or to take you to judgment. If you're a child of God, you should never be afraid. Remember what Jesus said? He says you will never come into judgment because you have passed from death unto life. You've passed from death unto life. So he judges us for the purpose of giving us rewards. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's called the Bema Seed Judgment. It's for rewarding Christians for their work and life on earth. Not sin. Not a judgment of sin. But a judgment for rewarding Christians for their work and life on earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We see it written there. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. Wow. It is for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The word seat there is a Greek word, bima. That's why it's called bima seat judgment. Okay? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, or the bima seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. If you did good in your body or in his body, you receive reward. If you did bad in his body or in your body, you will lose your reward. So in that particular judgment, you either get a reward or you lose a reward. You will see the rewards you could have gotten. And you will see it going because you didn't do what you're supposed to do for him. You didn't live the life he wanted you to live for him. Romans chapter 14 verse 10. Look at Romans chapter 14 verse 10. A similar thing is written there. Romans 14 10. It says, but why does thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set a knot, thy brother? 
for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So this is for Christians. Says, why are you putting your brother out? Why are you judging your brother? Don't you know that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ? We shall all be there. We shall all be there. Go to the next verse, eleven. Then it says, For it is written, As I live, say the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Hallelujah. So on that day we will stand before him and we will give us rewards for what we did for him. For how much we lived for him. For all the work that we did for him. The Bible mentions how that he will even give a reward for a cup of cold water that you give to somebody. You give to another brother. Whatever you do, every single thing will be rewarded. And I'm going to talk about this extensively from next Sunday going. Hallelujah. When I start talking about what to do with the first coming. Because this is what, if there's anything for a Christian to be concerned about, this is it. Because if you've noticed, by God's grace, you are saved through Christ. You are not going to hell. Because of what Christ did, because of our identification with Christ, when he went to hell, we went to hell with him. When he was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead with him. Ephesians chapter 2, from verse, let's read it. Ephesians chapter 2, let's read from verse 1. To be nice. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. It says, And you has he made alive or quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. It says, You has he brought back to life who were dead in trespasses and sins. Next verse. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Then he goes on to verse 3 and says that, among whom also we all had our conversation or our life in times past, in the last of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. <laughs> Next verse, verse 4. Then it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, see, but God. But God. God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. Remember, before Christ was raised from the dead, he died and went to hell. You can read some in Ephesians chapter 4. You see that, he says that, what is it then? The one who ascended also descended first. He went down to hell. Probably you should read it. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 8. Ephesians 4 from verse 8. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He's talking about Jesus ascending up on high. Says he gave gifts unto men. Next verse, verse, verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? What is in the lower parts of the earth? Hell. So he says he descended first into the lower parts of the earth. When he died, he went to hell. Wow. <laughs> verse 10. Then he says, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. So before he ascended, he descended. He went low. And back to chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, we're reading verse 5. It says, even when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ Jesus. Meaning that when he was going there, we went there with him. And he has now made us alive. He brought him back alive together with us, with Christ. Then it says, by grace are you saved. Verse 6. And has raised us up together. Have you seen it? Because we died with him. We identified with him. It's called identification. We identified with him when he died. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he went to hell, we went to hell with him. He says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. wow. Verse 7. 
that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Wow. What a blessing. By grace are you saved. Say by grace are you saved. By grace are saved. So this is not a problem. You've passed from death to life. You've passed from hell to heaven. By virtue of Christ's work. Now he'll ask you, what did you also do for me after what I did for you? What do you do with your life? Know that even though he has, call, he has chosen us, we have a calling to fulfill. Every Christian has a calling. Every child of God has a calling. Every child of God, born of God, has a calling. Immediately you become born again, he gives you a ministry to fulfill, called the ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile all men to him. To bring many to him. To announce what he has done to others, to bring others to him. He wants you to be engaged in it. And he will check on that day whether you did it. If you did it, he will give you a reward. If you didn't do it, you will lose a reward he had planned for you. Wow. Wow. So that's it. First Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 11 to verse 15. Look at First Corinthians 3, 11 to 15. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be reviewed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What sort? Wow, not kind, what sort? We'll talk about it in, in the future. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So if you suffer loss, it says you shall be saved. You will be okay, but you shall go through some fire on that day. So that judgment is specifically for Christians where you stand before him and he asks you, I loved you. How much did you love me? How did you love me? Do you love me as I loved you? And he will check. Wow. What a shock. The third judgment. So that's the second. The third judgment is the judgment of the sheep and the goat. The judgment of the sheep and the goat. It's found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 32. Matthew 25, 31 to 32. The judgment of the sheep and the goat. Matthew 25, verse 31 to verse 32. And you see, it's for the Gentiles at the second advent of Christ. I've mentioned this already to you during our discourse. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. So he shall sit on the throne. And what shall he do? Verse 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations. So these are all the nations that Jesus comes to meet. On that day when he comes from heaven with us. You see, when we, you get born again, you live for him, you are raptured, you are judged, given your rewards, you go into, remember, your rewards form your garments, isn't it? Whatever you are doing is, is in your garments. Then we go into the marriage with him. We enjoy with him. Then we come down with him on that day. On that day when we come down with him, that same day he shall destroy those who gather against him. The Antichrist, the false prophet and all of those things. And then he shall sit down and he shall judge the Gentiles of that time, the nations of that time. At that time, there wouldn't be any Christian around. There wouldn't be any of those things. The Christians are the ones who come with him. All those who died for him in the tribulation would have been taken before already. So he will come. And everyone who is present in that time will be a Gentile uh, 
at that time, the nations. So he says, go back to verse 32, Matthew 25, verse 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. That's why it's called the judgment of the sheep and the goats. And it's for the Gentiles. He will separate them as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. Verse 33. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them at his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom. Which kingdom is he talking about? The 1,000 year reign of Christ on earth. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35. For I was unhungered, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and he took me in. Naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and he visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? When was it? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, assuredly I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, there will be Jews there. The Jews are the brethren of the Lord. They are the brothers of the Lord. Romans chapter 9 from verse 1. Let's read it so that we see that the Jews are Jesus' brothers. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were cast from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Who are Israelites? Then it says, to whom pertaining the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Verse 5. Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came? Who is over all? God bless forever. Amen. It says, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came. Have you seen it? The last one I was telling you that Christ was a seed of David. David was a Jew. So his brothers are Jews. John chapter 1 verse 11. Go to John chapter 1 verse 11. He says, he came unto his own. He was talking about Jesus Christ. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Who are his own? His own are the Jews. And they received him not. Wow. So Jesus will say on that day, because the Jews will be persecuted if you remember. When he comes back, he will say, all those who helped my brothers, gave them water when they were thirsty. Went to visit them in prison and did all the things that they did for them. Come and come and inherit my kingdom. So the acceptance is not based on their belief in Christ. But the acceptance is based on what they did for Israel during that time. There will be three groups on that day. The sheep, the goat, and Israel. All those who did something good for the Israelites will be accepted to join the kingdom. And all those who didn't do something good for them will be punished. Look at the next verse. Then, that's Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was unhanged, and he gave me no meat or no food. I was thirsty, and he gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and he took me not in. Naked, and he clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Continue. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhanged, or a first, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? They, they went away like, ah, what, what happened? When did this happen? They never read the Bible. Did you know they were inside the Bible? 
Then shall, they, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. Next verse. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So there are different types of eternal life. If you've noticed. These people are actually going to be in the 1,000 year reign. And after the 1,000 year reign, the devil is released. And he gathers many to that battle, Gog and Magog, if you remember. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's the third kind of judgment, which is the judgment of the sheep. And I don't know if you like what I'm telling you. Wow. Then the fourth kind of judgment is the judgment of Israel at Christ's coming. When Jesus comes, he will judge Israel. Remember, there are three groups on that day. There are um, the goats, the sheep, and then Israel. So Israel too will be judged. They will have some kind of judgment on that day. Amazingly. That was why the last I was telling you about the 144,000. Because there are some scriptures that show that the 144,000 is specific. 144,000. And the other scriptures that show you that the 144,000 is actually uh, a representation of all of Israel. Do you see? So let me show you a scripture and then you decide for yourself. Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 33. Ezekiel 20 33. There's a certain form of judgment that you see. In the scripture, it says, As I live, say the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out, will I rule over you. And I'll bring you out from the people and will gather you out of the countries wherein you are scattered. With a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out. It looks like the judgment when he comes on that day. It says, And I'll bring you into the wilderness of the people and there will I plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I'll cause you to pass under the rod, and I'll bring you into the bond of the covenant, and I'll purge out from among you the rebels, <laughs> and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Have you seen it? So it's as though there are some Israelites who flow along with the Antichrist and some of the things that he does. When he comes, he will separate them. They are not part of the Gentiles. They are part of Israel. But in Romans chapter 11, verse 26, look at Romans chapter 11, verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, they shall come out of Zion, the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. He shall turn away what? ungodliness from. So all the ungodliness in Israel, in Jacob, shall be taken away. So he says the rebels, all those who don't obey me, shall be taken off. Please you get it. So he saves all Israel, but there are some in there that he takes out. He judges them and takes them out. Please, do you understand? Uh-huh. So the judgment of Israel at his coming is the fourth kind of judgment. Wow. What a shock. If you've noticed, Christians are in the first two, the judgment of sin and the demon's judgment. It's finished. The judgment of the sheep and goat, there's no Christian there. The judgment of Israel at the second coming, there's no Christian there. The fourth judgment, is it the fourth or the fifth? The fifth judgment is the judgment of fallen angels with Satan. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Revelation 20, 10. Wow. It says, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So in this particular scripture, we see that Satan is judged. 
This is the final judgment of Satan. And he's put into the lake of fire. This is after Gog and Magog. This is after he's bound for 1,000 years and released. And then he deceives the nations. You remember? And then he gathers so many as the sun on the sea. And fire from heaven comes to devour them. Then he is judged. Then Satan is judged, finally. And put into the lake of fire permanently, forever and ever. Now, before he's put in there, there are some angels that fell with him. That are even more wicked than he is. Wilder than he is. So, they are also judged in Jude chapter 1 verse 6. Look at Jude 1 6. It says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Says the angels that did not keep their first estate. If, you, if you've read your Bible carefully, you will see that this happened in Genesis chapter 6. Isn't it? The Bible says that the sons of God came to come and lie with the daughters of men because they were too beautiful for them. Some angels left their estate and came to come and have intercourse with, um, let's read it, Genesis chapter 6. Maybe you've never read it before. From verse 1. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. This sons of God has nothing to do with you and I. These are different kinds of sons of God, okay? That's angels. It's the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Next verse. <laughs> and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his day shall be 120 years. The sin of man was so much, God reduced their age to 120 years on that day. Prior to this, men were dying at 900 and something and 800 and something, but he just reduced it. If you are going to be relating with angels and producing all kinds of things, the reason why we know that they are angels is because of what they produced. Okay? Because of what the children that came out of the women. Okay. So look at verse 4. Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, that is after those days, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. He called them giants. I don't know if you have given birth to a giant in recent times. Um, they were different. <laughs> These are giants. Hallelujah. The sons of men. That's the, so that's why we know that they are angels. They mingled with the seed of man. And the devil is the one who instigated or caused them to do that. You know, because in Genesis chapter 3, the devil in the form of the serpent, who was in the serpent, was told that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpents. In other words, a seed shall come from a woman who shall destroy the works of the devil. So he knew that the women are very important to him. Mm-hmm. Women are very important to God. There, there will be a woman who will come, who will produce a seed. A woman is not supposed to have a seed. Because a woman cannot give birth on her own. But there was a day when a woman gave birth on her own. That woman was called Mary. The Spirit of God brooded over her. And she conceived a seed and produced a child called Jesus Christ. So because Satan knew that this was going to happen, he decided to corrupt the seed of mankind by bringing angels in to come and sleep with men so that the bloodline of human beings will be corrupted. So if you read in Genesis chapter 6, you see that the Bible says that Noah was a righteous man. He was out of the whole world. He was the only righteous man at that time. Why? Because he was the only one who had not corrupted himself with the seed of man. His sons, he had, Noah had triplets at once. When God told him that he was going to destroy the earth, he had triplets at once. So Shem, Ham, and Japheth were all born at once. I don't know if you are interested in those things. Genesis chapter 6 verse 10. And Noah begat three sons. He begat what three sons at once. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Do you understand? They were born at once together. 
Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Hallelujah. Then it says, the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence because of the giants. The giants were killing, all kinds of things were happening. So God judged that world at that time. So those angels who did that are reserved. Right now, so I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you right now. They are in some places. Bound in chains. Awaiting their judgment. So Jude 1.6 mentions it. Go back to Jude 1.6. Yes. Jude 1.6. It says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains. So they are in some kind of chains called everlasting chains. Hey! And that darkness unto the judgment of the great day. What's that great day? That day when he judges Satan. He will judge all of these guys. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. You see another group there as well. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So they are reserved unto judgment. They are inside some wild places. The Bible talks about some angels that are under the river Euphrates who are wicked, more wicked than Satan. Hey! It's not a small thing. So on that day, God will sit down. And amazingly, in this particular judgment, Christians are involved. We will sit with him on that day and we will judge these angels with him. Say, so you, you, did you didn't even see it. But I will say, you did one, two, three. Brother, move. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 1. There any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. He's saying, don't go. If you have, your brother has done something to you, don't take him to court. That's your brother. Not someone who is not your brother. You get it? Uh-huh. <laughs> Next verse, verse 2. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Verse 3. Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? It says, don't you know that we shall judge angels? So which angels are you talking about? All the falling angels. Those who fell with Lucifer on that day. And then those who also committed all those things with the daughters of men shall be judged together on that day. And they will all be put into the lake of fire and Satan shall be added to them. Please, you understand? Yeah. So that's the fifth judgment. Do you like what I'm saying to you? That's a fifth judgment. Wow. You sit in a judgment seat on that day. Hey, are these things real? Do you believe they are real? It will happen live. Oh. You'll be surprised. And remember that I was telling you online. <laughs> I nearly said verse 6. But it's not verses. The sixth type of judgment is the white throne judgment. And that was what we started with. Revelation chapter 20 from verse 11. Revelation 20 verse 11. So the sixth type of judgment that is seen in the scriptures is the white throne judgment. Wow. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Wow. And there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. 
And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So this is the final judgment of all things. This is the, is the final, final. After this, God doesn't do any judgment again because sin is read completely out of the world, out of the universe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Daniel chapter 7 from verse 9, you see a similar thing written there. Affirming this particular concept or this particular idea. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9. He says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Verse 10. He's describing the white throne. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. And the books were opened. Wow. So this is the white throne judgment. Last show. Every, all the books that God has written will show up. All the works of human beings will show up. And there's no Christian at this particular judgment. No Christian is permitted to be at the judgment. Because, because you accepted the judgment of sin in Christ, you missed this particular judgment. You skipped this particular judgment. So we'll be sitting with God. Behind him as the judges... The rest of the world. And this particular judgment is for all men who ever lived in this world. In, this, in all the ages that have come to pass. And all men who lived before this particular world started. Hey, it's not a small thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So at this particular white throne judgment. The second resurrection. If you remember in Revelation chapter 20 verse 5. Look at Revelation 20 verse 5. It says, but the rest of the dead lived not again. Until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So there's the first resurrection, and I showed you what it meant. The first resurrection comprises of Christ, comma, the first fruits, comma, then the saints, that's Christians, and then all the tribulation saints. Please you get it? Yes. That's the first resurrection. The second resurrection is called the resuscitation. So there's a second resurrection, but it is actually a resuscitation for the purpose of judgment. So let's look at some scriptures. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2. Daniel 12, from verse 1 to verse 2. And the second resurrection is for all those who were sinners and all those who did not believe in the Lord. And all those who went against God in any of the dispensations that have come to pass. Or in any of the ages that have come to pass. Hallelujah. Daniel 12, 1. It says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Or many of them that are dead shall awake. Some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are raised unto everlasting life are the first resurrection. And those who are raised unto everlasting contempt, shame and everlasting contempt, are the second resurrection. John chapter 5, verse 25. Let's read 28 to 29, so we don't read too much. John 5, 28. So Daniel mentioned it, Jesus himself mentioned it, and Paul also mentioned it. He says, marvel not at this, 
For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. All that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Verse 29. And shall come forth or shall come back to life. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The first one is the first resurrection. The second one is the second resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's called the resurrection of damnation. So they are resurrected for the purpose of damnation. So they come out of life. If the person died, if the person died out of cancer and was not born again, you come out of the dead with his cancer. So they are not given a body that is fresh and new like ours. That can translate and go and do all of those things. However you died, you shall come out from the dead with that same body in this terrible state. And it shall be at the judgment throne of God on that day, the white throne judgment of that day. I don't think you want that. Look at Romans chapter 2 from verse 4. Romans 2 from verse 4 to verse 11. Wow. This or despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasured up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. I don't know if you are seeing it. Go back to verse 7. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, or a heart that cannot we can't do anything about, you have decided that you'll be very hard against God. Treasures up unto thyself, wrath against the day of wrath. There's a day of wrath. That's a white throne judgment. And revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Next verse. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? On that day, he will render to every man according to his works or according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he shall give them eternal life. Next verse. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. He shall give them indignation and wrath. Verse 9. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. Then it says, of the Jew first. So some Jews will be there. And also of the Gentiles. Verse 10. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first. And also to the Gentile. Verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Wow. It will not be a small day. The judgment of all judgments. So all sinners from all ages are judged here. Look at verse 13. All sinners from all ages are judged here. Verse 13. Revelation chapter 20 verse 13. It says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And were judged every man according to their works. So, death and hell will deliver up their dead. So when a man dies without believing in Jesus Christ, he goes to hell, isn't it? But hell is not the final place. Hell is just a waiting place. It's just a waiting place. It's like counter back. Awaiting your judgment or the, the cell that is in the police station where someone is kept until he's judged. Yeah, until trial. Wherever you are held before trial is hell in God's books. So he keeps them there for some time. Then, on that day, the trial will happen. Every one of them will stand. Everybody will be given an opportunity to come and defend himself. So books will be opened. And they will check to see whether your works will match up to the work of Christ. What Jesus came to do. By so loving the world that he gave, his only, he gave himself. Did you, what did you also do? So Christ's work will be in one platter. One side of the scale. 
And all their works on that day, because there are some who have died that did not believe in Jesus, but were good people. They were philanthropists. They were nice people. They gave to the poor. They fed all kinds of people. They did all kinds of things. They helped the world advance. They brought inventions that caused the world to become a better place. They did so many beautiful things. If you read Acts chapter 10, you will see that it is not your good works that takes you to heaven. Someone called Jesus good. He said, don't call me good. No man is good. Except God. And he's God. <laughs> Cornelius was a good man. He was even given to uh, God's children for God's house to be built and all of that. God saw and said that, listen, if this guy does not receive salvation, he's going to be in trouble. Because at that time, salvation had come through Christ. So God sent an angel to go and tell him that, listen, my brother, send to Joppa to find someone called Simon, who will come and come and talk to you and say words by which you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so no matter how, don't say you enter heaven with your good works. It's not going to work. Yeah. Heaven is not by good works. By grace are you saved, not of works. Salvation is by grace. It's not of works. There's nothing you can do that can cause you to enter the gates of heaven. What can you do on earth that can cause you to enter the gates of heaven? There's nothing. Well, the Bible says your righteousness is as a filthy rag. The righteousness of man is like filthy rags before God. And that word filthy rags is his cup. He's talking about used menstrual cloth that has been there for a long time. That's what he's saying. Wow. Wow. Not a paddle. The old menstrual cloth that was, it's okay, we are in it's Sunday morning. We shouldn't be talking about something. Hallelujah. So there's nothing you can do that can take you. There's no, absolutely nothing that you can do that can take you. So on that day, it will be a judgment to unto damnation. So nobody will survive there. Nobody can pass and go to, no. We are just, you want, you want us to check your works. Okay, come, bring your works. Then they'll check. They'll put it on the other side of the scale and check if it will rise to balance. It will never rise. All the works that you, they did will be infinitesimal as compared to the works of Christ. And they are all taken to hell. Now, all of us have our names written in the book of life. So long as you are, you are born into this world, everyone's name is in the book of the living or the book of life. Do you see? When you die without accepting Jesus Christ, your name is blotted out of the book of life. So on that day, the book of life will be there. And all their works will be there as well. So the first book they check, go back to Revelation chapter 20. Let's read from verse 12. You have to be glad you are born again. It says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. So many books were open. Then it says, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So they check all the works that you have done. And then they come and come and check your name in the book of life. So jump to verse 15. Revelation 20 verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So they'll check the books of works. Maybe you did a lot of beautiful works. Okay, okay, oh, okay, okay. Wow, you did, oh, wow. God, thank you, thank you. God bless you. God will say God bless you. And you check, check, check. Then you say, okay, after all this, let's check whether your name is in the book of life. When they check, they will not find. And whoever was not found, if their names were not written there initially, they wouldn't have gone to look. So they will check to see if your name is still in there. And you'll see that some people's names are not in there. Why? Because they rejected Christ. They rejected Christ. But did so many nice things. They did so many nice things. But they rejected Christ. They never followed God's word for them. 
Wow. And they are cast into the lake of fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. Go to Matthew. Let me show you something. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Hell was not made for God's people. It was not made for human beings. This then shall he say unto them on the left hand. Remember these people. Depart from me, ye cast into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. The lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. Not for people. But the devil is doing everything to make sure people are added. That's why he's deceiving so many people. Isn't that amazing? So all men from all the ages, all the ages, since Adam was made, will be there on that day. He says, and I saw the dead, small and great. Those who were, those who were kings will be there. Those who were paupers and slaves will be there. If you were whatever, whatever you were, and did not follow God, there are dispensations. I'm not, uh, I don't know if I should talk about those ones as well. There are different timelines in the Bible. Okay, I think I've mentioned it during this period. I don't know if I have. There are different timelines. There's a time when God was judging those in the world with a different kind of eye, depending on what righteousness meant at that time. If you qualified, you accepted before God. For instance, Abraham did not know Jesus Christ, but Abraham believed God. Do you see? And hence was made right with God. So he had righteousness, but not the same righteousness as we have. His righteousness is different from ours because he lived in a different dispensation called the dispensation of promise. Because he believed God and God promised him. The dispensation of the law is also different from the dispensation of grace in which we are living now. The dispensation of the kingdom is also different from now. You get it? So righteousness differs in every dispensation and sin differs in every dispensation. And God knows which dispensation each person found himself in. And you'll be judged according to that dispensation in which you found yourself. So don't say, well, how about my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-
God created the heavens and the earth. God created a beautiful heaven and a beautiful earth in verse 1. So between verse 1 and verse 2 is a big gap called the, the gap theory. Okay? There's a big gap of many years because archaeologists and scientists have showed us that the earth on which we are standing is billions of years old. It's billions of years old. But man, from Adam to date, is just about 6,000 years. Adam to Christ was 4,000 years. And Christ to now, the birth of Christ to date is 2,020 years. So it's just taking, we are, it's now 6,020. Uh, 6, it's now 6,020 years since Adam existed on earth. But the earth is 4 point, I think 5 billion years old. So many years. Some say 15 billion years even. Okay? And there are fossils that have been found. There are fossils of dinosaurs and all of that. That have been found in this same earth. That are billions of years. Some are 4 billion years. Some are 3 billion years. Some are even extra. Billion. So many billions of years old. We didn't meet them, but they were here. And we can find their bones in rocks. And in all of those things. Wow! What a shock! So it shows you that something existed here before Adam came. And what is written in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Continue. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. You see that all this is actually a refurbishment of the same earth that was destroyed. There was water on the earth. Meaning that water was used to destroy that particular world. If you remember verse 2, he says that, and the earth was without form. It was formless and void. It was empty. The word void means empty. If you've read your Bible, you see, if you've read any, you see that it was, that's what it means. It was empty. Okay, this is amplified. Verse 2, he says, the earth was without form and an empty waste. Have you seen it? Without form and an empty waste. God did not create an earth that was without form and empty. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. You see some more evidence over there. And the word, you see the word was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The, the Hebrew word is haya. It means to become. It's the same word that is used for um, Lot's wife. When the Bible says, and Lot's wife became a pillar of salt. That word is Lot's wife haya, a pillar of salt. And it's the same word that is used in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. For, and the earth was. The word was there. It became. It became without form. Lord's wife was not made as a pillar of salt all her life. She was a human being and she became a pillar of salt. So the earth was full, had things inside, and it became without form and void. Isaiah chapter, let's look at it. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. It says, For that said the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it, He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there's none else. Verse 19. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Go back to verse 18. Let me show it to you. It says, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he has established it, he created it not in vain. Then it says, For he formed it to be inhabited. 
Abyssin it. He formed it to be inhabited. There's another place where he also talks about it becoming. It's the same word that is written in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It's tohu va bohu. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Okay, so what we see from verse 3 is a refurbishment of the earth. Because if you go to verse 9, go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 9. He says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. Then he says, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Let the dry land what? Meaning that there was a dry land there. You don't see God creating another earth during this particular time. It was the same earth that was in verse 1 that he caused it to come. Because the waters had covered that particular earth. So he says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 10. And God called the dry land earth. The one we are standing on right now. (laughs) Then he says, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. Wow. Wow. So the sea we are seeing today is the water that God used to judge the world of old before Adam. There's clear evidence in the scriptures that there was a world that existed before us. And there's clear evidence from science and archaeology that there was something that existed before us. And they were judged with a great water. It's called the great deluge, which is different from uh, Noah's own. It's different from Noah's time. God judged the earth twice with water. Wow. Go to Second Peter. Let me show you a scripture in Second Peter. Amazing. Amazing. Do you like the Bible? Second Peter chapter 3. Let's read from verse 3. There's knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days coffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Those who be saying that, oh, Lord, we've been saying Jesus come, Jesus come, he's not coming. We are still living. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He's talking about these people here. Next verse, verse, verse 5. He says, for this day, those who talk like that are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Do you see? Next verse. Whereby the world that then was, there was a world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. Is this not similar to what is written in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2? It says, and darkness was upon the face of the, the deep. And God said, let there be light. And God called the land to come out of the waters. So go back to that place. Second Peter chapter 3. It says, whereby the world that then was, go back to verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of the water and in the water. <laughs> then it says, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So the world of old overflowed with water and perished. And that water that was used to destroy the earth at that time, Genesis chapter 1, between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2, that same water that was used to judge that ancient world or that old world with all the animals and all the things that existed, is the same water that is here right now as our sea. So that sea has all kinds of things inside. They are inhabitants inhabitants of the sea. So on that great judgment day, because those who perished in that particular time 
were destroyed in that particular time, have not had their final judgment yet. It's just like those who go to hell now. In a time, those who die and don't believe in God and uh, cast God off from them end up in hell. In their time, those who were destroyed ended up in the sea. So the sea is, that's why the sea is salty. Salt is for the purpose of preservation. So salt is for preservation. So some people, some things, I don't know if to call them people because I don't know what they are, but some things, some souls, some beings are in the sea and they are being preserved unto that day. And on that day, they will be brought to be judged. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me show you evidences that there are, there are things inside the sea. Revelation chapter 5 from verse 12. There are so many evidences that there are things inside the sea. There are things that we don't know about. Let's read from verse 11 where we understand it. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels run about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. He's talking about angels around. Saying with a loud voice, where is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing? Verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea. Have you seen it? These are angels talking. They know some things we don't know. He says, and every creature which is in heaven. You know there are creatures in heaven. Do you believe that one? Yeah. How about on earth? Do you believe that one? Yeah. We, are here. we are here. And under the earth. Do you believe that there are some that are under the earth? The Bible says hell is in the middle of the earth. That's what the Bible says. Hell from beneath is moved. Then he says, and such as are in the sea. So I'm not the one saying it. The Bible is saying it. Then he says, and all that are in them. Head I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Wow. If you are in Ghana, you know that some people can go and stand on the seashore and do all kinds of things. Something will come out of the sea. There was something that was happening. Some people were doing sun winning at the shore of the sea in one part of the coast of this country. And they had their tractors there taking the sun off. You know, and the fetish priest of that area came and told them that, listen, you have to be careful of what you are doing. There are some things in the sea that are not happy with what you are doing. Be careful. Right in front of them, their tractors were taken away. Something took their tractors into the sea and took it away. And they could never find it again. Right in front of them. Wow! <laughs> if you've heard people saying that they went under the water and all of that, there was this young man also in a car. Who was into doing all kinds of things? You know, he was into nightlife, sleeping around and doing all kinds of things, picking any girl and all of that. Yeah. You know, and he had this young lady he met in a club, and they were inside. So he took her into the room. They finished everything, and they were lying down. As he was lying down in the night, deep in around three a.m., he decided to go for another round, and he was touching the lady. The lady's thighs. But when he stretched forth his hand to touch the lady's eyes, he felt scales, a fish's scale from her down part. And then lifted up the cloth and saw <laughs> a tilapia, half tilapia, and half. It was not a small thing. He almost went mad. There was another taxi driver who was also driving his taxi, and he was stopped by this lady. You know, that oh, I want to get to this particular point. 
you know, if you've been in Accra, you see that the sea is very close to the road. Yeah. There's a portion of the very, very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she stopped. She said, oh, stop here. And when he, when he stopped, he was, looking, he was wondering what she was doing. Because this was around 2 a.m. So what are you stopping here for? He said, I've gotten to my destination. And she got down, paid the money, and walked right into the sea. And fell into the sea. And he saw the down bottom, the down part of the lady becoming a fish. And then she entered the sea and went. Wow. wow. What a shock. What a shock. So when you watch Aquaman, start thinking twice. Hallelujah. <laughs> so let me show you more evidence that they are things, they are beings in the sea. Scripturally speaking, Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Revelation 12, 12. Do you like my stories? We love it. If they were fairy tales, I'd have told you. They are real. They are things that happen to people. It says, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Then it says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Inhabitants of what? The earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. It's like there's another group of people in there whom we are not told about, we don't know much about. But the Bible lets you know that they are, they are there, inhabitants of the earth and inhabitants of the sea. What a shock. Revelation chapter 16, verse 3. Look at Revelation 16, 3. Don't start searching. Now you write a book. Those who are under the sea. <laughs> then you start moving to check. You go and sit by the seashore. But if Jesus, if God wanted you to know more about it, he would have showed us more. He doesn't want you. It's not important. I'm just seeing something that is written in the scriptures. Just for you to see that there's something like that. That existed. And that they will be judged on that day. Don't go looking for them. Please. Okay. That's not the reason for the message. <laughs> and the second angel, Revelation 16 verse 3. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. And it became as the blood of a dead man. Then he says, and every living soul died in the sea. Not animals. Every living soul. Every living soul died in the sea. Hey. Revelations 8, 8 to 9. Revelations 8, 8 to 9. And the second angel sounded and asked where a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. Verse 9. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. It's the same thing that happens with the other one in Revelation chapter 16 verse 3. That one says that every living soul died. Wow. wow. So all of them are brought on that day. All those who live in the sea. So the sea will also give up its dead. The purpose of the sea would have been accomplished on that day. Go back to Revelation chapter Chapter 20, verse 13. It says, And the sea gave up the dead. That's one category. That's one group. I just told you about them. Which were in it. And death. So all those who die, okay, at Gog and Magog, they were in death. They are in transit. Death is a transit to hell. Or a transit to heaven. The land of the dead, okay, that is Hades, is a transit. It's a transit place. Hallelujah. So it says, And the sea gave up the dead. One category. Which were in them? Which were in it? And death. All those who were still in death and were going to hell. Death will also release them. And hell, those who are already there, will be delivered up, which were in them. Then it says, and they were judged every man according to their works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, the Bible says something there. In the new heavens and the new earth, there is no sea. So it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven 
and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Why no more sea? Because the sea had fulfilled its purpose of preserving some people in there. It was a period they were held in until they were released for their judgment. After their judgment, there's no need for sea anymore. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Then it says, and there was no more sea. So the new Jerusalem, in the new Jerusalem, in the new world, remember the old world, this earth is rolled away, it's bent away with fire. The heaven is bent away with fire, isn't it? All that is written in uh, Revelation chapter 20, where we're reading. Revelation 20 verse 11. Look at Revelation 20 verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. So the, heaven, the earth and the heaven will run away. But the sea does not run away. Because the sea has something to do. What does it do? The sea gives up the dead. After it's given up the dead, it is taken away. So in the new heaven and the new earth. So God will create a new heaven and a new earth. That's in Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. Okay? So it says, and I saw... Next verse. Uh, go to Revelation 21 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Then it says, for the first heaven, that's the one we are seeing now, and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. Wow. What a shock. So, brother, if you are watching me, and you have not given your life to Christ, this is your destiny. This is where you are going. It is in your own interest to give your life to Christ. I'll lead you to Christ in some few minutes. I want to talk about the lake of fire briefly. Because in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, it lets you know. Revelation 20, 10, makes you know that the devil was put into the lake of fire. Go to Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are. The beast and the false prophets are the first candidates or the first guests of the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the final judgment of all of God. It's called the crash can of the universe. That is where everything, everything that was not godly ends up. Or everyone that was not godly ends up. In Revelation chapter 19, um, look at Revelation 19, the last two verses. You see the false prophet and the beast being bound into the lake. So they are the first that go. Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. Then it says, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So those are the first candidates. Then Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, what we just read, shows you that Satan is also put into the lake of fire. Then, Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, lets us know that all those who come to the white throne judgment and are not found in the book of life. It says, and whatsoever, Revelation 20, 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, the lake of fire will not be a place for entertainment. Don't say Bob Marley will be there. That it will be exciting. It is a lake. It is a lake that is fire. The lake is, the lake is fire. Why is it a lake of fire? Because the lake aspect has to do with the judgment of the world of old. Remember, the world of old was judged with what? With water. So that's the lake aspect. And the world that we are now seeing, the heaven and the earth that we are now seeing is reserved unto what? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10. Look at Second Peter 3 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. 
it shall be burned up. Remember, when Noah's flood came, God said he will not destroy the earth again with water. Because he had done that before, he had done it again. He said, I will not destroy the, the earth with water again. You see? Uh-huh. So the next time he does destruction of the world, he does it with fire. Fire will rain down. And Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of what God will do on that day. Verse 7. Second Peter 3, 7. Same thing is written there. Second Peter 3, 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. You see, so the lake aspect represents the world of old and the fire aspect represents this world. So it is put together. The lake and the fire are put together. The waters and the fire are put together to form a lake of fire to crush everyone from that time and everyone from this time together forever. Remember, he says that they'll be there forever and ever. Not for 20 years. Forever and ever is not 20 years. It's not 5 years. It's not 10 years. If you have an uncle who's not born again, that's where it's going to be. No annihilation. There's no annihilation. The Bible does not talk about annihilation. It says they'll be there forever and ever. Revelation 20.15, once again. They'll be there forever and ever. God wants you to miss this particular thing. That's why he's talking to you this morning. It says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Was cast into the lake of fire. And they are there forever and ever. Brothers and sisters, if you have not given your life to Christ, this is your time. This is your day. This is your day. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 1. It says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. This is the time accepted by God. Then he says, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee or helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. You never know when your life will be taken out of you. The rich man said, so, relax, eat, drink, or you have so much laid up for you. That same night, his soul was taken away from him. You never know when you'll be called, when your life will end. You never know when you cross a particular place that you can't come back again. But this morning, wherever you are, if you've not given your life to Christ, God wants you to miss all of these things. This is his grace that is coming to you this morning. Wherever you are, close your eyes, believing in Jesus Christ, believing in the fact that he existed, believing in the fact that he died on a certain day, believing in the fact that God raised him on the third day, believe that and confess it for yourself right now. I'll lead you in that confession. Close your eyes wherever you are and say this after me. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ. I believe that he existed. I believe that he died. I believe that on the third day you brought him back out of the dead. I believe that for myself today. I declare him boldly as my Lord and Savior. From today forward I am born again. I'm your child from henceforth. I've passed from death unto life and I'll never come into condemnation. I will never come into any judgment. Thank you, Father, for sending your son Jesus for my sake. And now, devil, 
hear me and hear me well. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I've been taken from your kingdom to the kingdom of God. I'm not yours anymore. I had nothing to do with you anymore. I'll not be in the lake of fire with you. I'll be in heaven. I'll be in the new Jerusalem with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you just said that, congratulations. You're a child of God. And I want to welcome you to the family of God. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.